Bonjour, my lovely friend Dion. Aren't you looking majestic? In <laughs> you look so majestic and regal as always, but now it's like, whoa, into the bed. That's Thank amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And I have my little, you know, my little no. teddy here in bed as well. Well, bonjour. Hello, hello, Natalie. Bonjour. So full, full disclosure, full disclosure before we get started. Yes. I had to make sure I, I was wearing what I actually don't normally wear to bed because... You know, we're on YouTube and it's a family show. So if I was wearing what I normally wear, we'd probably have to be in a different program. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we just learned a little something about you right now. Well, I just, you know, all for you. I want to make sure that you don't get kicked off of YouTube. Bless your heart. I don't know. You might have gotten more views. I don't know about that. Let me, uh, let me go. Next time. Next time we'll discuss. We'll discuss what we should do for next time. That's too funny. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure to see you. You're joining us from Toronto today. Yes, yes, Toronto. Toronto. How are things going? How's your summer? How are you planning and going into fall? Well, you know, despite, I mean, we know what's happening in terms of COVID and shutdowns and reopenings coming slowly. But besides that, I'm doing pretty good, actually. I mean, the weather has been amazing. I've been um, making sure I take some time self-care. Like, I make sure every day I'm doing my meditation and getting outside you know, keeping up my exercises as much as possible, trying to reduce the COVID-15, you know, <laughs> and, uh, or the, the quarantine 15, like they call it, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm doing pretty good physically and just trying to keep active. Uh, I'm really trying to take advantage of this time to just get projects done that I didn't have time to do before. So, mm. you know, I've even started a couple of new projects I'm working on. So I'm really excited about getting those taken care of and done. And But overall, things are okay. I mean, there's obviously... Oh emotional stuff that's going on right now as well but uh you know counting my blessings taking it one day at a time nice and um like you know in terms of the fall i'm also just thinking about certain things i want to tweak in my program offerings now that we're in this whole virtual world and uh just you know really looking forward to to seeing what i can do yeah <laughs> you seem to be and i mean i always say you seem to be because people tell me sometimes they're like oh, you're so whatever and i'm like is that according to social media so <laughs> So you seem to be, because I don't want to make assumptions, but you seem to be having really grown into, like you said, your services and everything else. And on social, um, it looks like you're finding your space and finding joy in what you're doing on virtual. Is that the case? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a lot of growing pains, like, you know, mm -hmm. to be very honest and authentic. I mean, those who are able to say everything's smooth sailing and they got a hundred followers and viewers on their Zoom sessions. Uh, that's not me. <laughs> I'm still growing through my growing pains, but I am, um, I am doing some online stuff. Um, I was hesitant just because I'm not very technically savvy. Mm -hmm. um, I know what I can do face to face in person. And, and my biggest obstacle is how do I take that energy and how do I take my passion mm. in a way that um, people can experience that through a screen. So at the same time, I'm realistic. Like it's just not going to be the same over a screen than face to face. That's just what it is. And that's why we want to, we often want to see each other face to face because there's a different energy there. Right? Mm. But I think I've, I've learned to adapt to say that, you know what? Um, this is an opportunity for me to reach out to people beyond just my immediate community. Mm -hmm. So being able to offer sessions to people no matter where they are. Mm -hmm. And I've had people um, from, you know, not just Canada, but the U.S. that have been showed interest in coming into a session and being able to experience that. So it's, it's growing. Um, it's also learning and also the fact that because there's so many other people out there doing it, it's also um, a good kind of iron sharpening iron because you know like okay i gotta up my game because 
there's a lot more people out there doing it. I want to make sure that I can be unique and stand out in some way. And, and, and really develop your brand. I find that's what I've noticed. And I mean, because you and I uh, had the pleasure of working together uh, or, or working alongside one another in Canada through some of the stuff that we did in Toronto, some of the stuff we did through CanFit Pro, the awards that you have won as the fitness professional of the year um, with CanFit Pro and all the stuff that you've done and grown through that. It feels like your brand has gotten clear and clear. And I would say more and more attractive as it has being like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And therefore that's an easy buy. That's an easy purchase. Yes. I want to be able to be mentored and coached and trained by Dion. That's what I'm noticing. Anyways, are you feeling more and more comfortable in, like you said, that iron sharpening iron and let me go get clear on who my audience is and how I can serve them. Oh, yes, yes. That certainly has been much more clear, of course, with coaching, with help of others. Um, I think it's important Like you really have to be able to know who you are, what you can offer, mm. what your strengths are. And I, I'm very comfortable. I know exactly what I can do and what I offer and um, where my strengths are. And then I defer people to other people that um, may be stronger in certain capacities that work for them. So I just right. find that... Um, I do believe in the phrase, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. So you, you do have to choose, okay, this is what I'm going to work on. And I know my lane. I know I'm strong in certain things. And that's where I'm going to put my focus on. And everything else that comes out, I have to be able to, to, be able to say the word, no, that's just going to distract me. <laughs> sure. That's just going to be, you know, that's not going to allow me to be able to just work on the things that are really, um, are, are the things that I can do well. Right. I'd love to know more about that because we have, we live in a time where, you know, it's for the fitness industry that's trying to get back on its feet. Um, we don't get a lot of opportunities that come our way and it's, it's easy sometimes to be like, but that's money and that's something I can do. And that's me doing what I do, even if it's close to it, how do you choose? How do you choose what to say yes or no to? So you talked about it being in her lane. How do you choose the partners, the companies, the employers are going to work with, what's helping you make those choices? Well, one thing I, um, I first of all, make sure is that, is it along with my core values, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if somebody, I remember one time, I'll give you, I'll give you a specific example. So we're just mm -hmm. not talking in, in generalizations. Like, sure. um, and does it, like, does it really fit with my brand? So I remember one time somebody contacted me, they wanted me to do a fitness class for children. And, um, at, at first I thought, okay, sure. I can, you know, my fault was I didn't specifically hone in, in the exact age group. Like mm. I thought it was children that could follow a fitness class. So I adapted a class on that basis, but then I got there and realized that this was a, a toddler's birthday party. <laughs> and I guess they wanted me to just be the clown and that's, it's fine, but that's not my brand. Uh. I'm not going to come here and make balloons and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So I know moving forward that to ask the right questions to mm -hmm. make sure that, okay, do you understand that I'm an educator, I'm an instructor, I'm a motivator, but that is my lane. I'm not a, I'm not a performer. Like I'm not here to just to, to put on a show for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that has helped me to immediately make clear that when I do get offers like that, people, I've had people, um, another example, I had somebody contact me, they wanted to do a bachelor, a bachelorette party. Yeah. And they wanted to do like a dance fitness class. So I thought, oh, great. But my boyfriend was helping me set up, right? He's helping me bring in the uh, equipment. And they're like, oh, is that the stripper? It's like, no, no. <laughs> right? So I, I've just learned to make Wait, sure. Wait, what's I the budget? The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
what is <laughs> you got to pay a little bit more if you want that right <laughs> oh no but it's just really about making sure that when people uh, it's great to think out the box but just ensuring that i'm ensuring that i'm setting the right expectation that I'm here to do a fitness class, which requires education, which requires participation. Um, And that's my brand. I'm not here to put on a show. Like if you want a dance show, then I can Mm -hmm. refer you to my colleagues who's a dancer and choreographer and they'll do that for you. But for me, I'm here to, to teach a class. So Mm -hmm. those are some of the questions I ask or, or make sure I'm clear with myself and others with. And what about now moving forward? Because I mean, with uh, so in Toronto and Ontario and a lot of the provinces in Canada and in the States through the US and a lot of places around the world, um, places are opening, reopening, there's sanitary protocols in place and whatnot. How are you choosing the right projects, places, employers, um, collaborators for the next few months? Because we talked about it's tough for planners right now, but we want to be able to pick and choose and yet find work and do what we love. And so how are, how's that going for you? Well, two things I keep in mind. Um, I mean, there are some places that are still not fully open. And I think it's just due to the, just how they're, they're positioned. Like if it's a very small space studio, then it may not be conducive for them to open because not all the clients are comfortable coming back. Mm-hmm. So, um, so far, most of the places that I'm, I'm teaching with have chosen to do more online and virtual stuff. So I'm working with them on that. But moving forward, um, to answer your question, two things I would, I'm going to be deciding upon okay. is number one, is my own personal safety? Are they going to make sure that they have protocols in place? Because if I get sick, I'm obviously no good to anyone, mm-hmm. right? So, so making sure that they have the right protocols in place for the safety of the instructors. And the second thing, which I think has become more of a, a conversation, which I'm glad we're having, is uh, around social justice and diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. So I will prefer to align myself with a company that I know that is actively working towards diversity and inclusion and is able to demonstrate that. So even though, yes, I may be the instructor, but I'll be asking questions like, okay, is there diversity and inclusion along the entire spectrum of your organization? Mm -hmm. Not just the people being paid at a lower rate, but your managers, your um, executives, your um, board of directors, your, I would like to know what are your plans for that? And um, if they don't have any plans, and perhaps I, I would rather align myself with a company that is invested in that, or, and maybe they can think about ways that they can adjust their thinking in that area. Hmm. If they don't have any plans, but they're open to maybe like maybe saying, well, the first step is this. So our plan right now is to start. Um, and they would look for you perhaps for suggestions or for things moving forward or things to look into. Is that something that you'd be open to discussing? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So as long as I know that they're willing to, to set something up, but if they're like, no, we have 100% white ownership, white staff. Like there's mm-hmm. this one club I was thinking about and I was taking a look at them and I thought there is no diversity and this is Toronto. <laughs> Right. So if they're not willing to um, have a conversation and think about Mm. steps and ways, then I'd rather align myself with those that are willing to have a conversation and Mm. and think, okay, what can we do? And maybe we can bring you into the conversation or bring someone else. That's fine. Mm. But at least try if they're at least trying to um, do something. And there there are there's a number of organizations that I've seen that I actually am connected with. Like there's one I just had an email uh, yesterday, actually from actually a running organization and mm-hmm. I've worked with them before and they reached out to me and they said, you know, we'd love, um, we were, we're, we're actively looking for black owned 
organizations, not-for-profit organizations that we want to include. And they included my foundation and they specifically asked me if I know of any others I could recommend. So oh, to wow. me, that's, that's good. That's, that's mm. what I would like to see. And I think many others within the BIOPOC community, Black, Indigenous, people of color community would like to see like actions that are taking place to create a more diverse environment in these organizations. Mm. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting because I've had the conversation about this uh, with a couple of other colleagues and, and um, doing my best to ask the questions, to have the inclusions, to you and I had talked before all of this about eventually you and I doing some work together. So the timing's great. And, uh, you know, let's move forward into that conversation as to how systemic uh, racism resonates in the fitness industry, in the Canadian fitness industry. And it's things that you've been talking about for a while. So how does it feel right now for you for this light to be shined on it? And are you pleased with some of the steps you just named one, but some of the steps that you're seeing for our industry? Well, it's, um, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm in one hand happy that these conversations are being had because, mm. you know, with, if we don't even have the conversation, we can't work on resolution. Mm. So, you know, I'm happy for that. I would have loved if this was do if this conversation and these steps were happening much before. Like I, it's unfortunate that it took a knee in someone's neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds for people to start waking up. And I'm not saying there weren't people that weren't awake before because I know many people, many of my white colleagues, even just beyond from the fitness industry, that have been involved with social justice for years, long time before, right? But it's just unfortunate that um, when it comes to the portion of um, systemic racism portion of being able to have more inclusion at higher levels, that it took this long. But regardless, people are coming to the table now, they're coming to the party. So my attitude is, okay, you might be late to the party, but you're here, let's grab you a spoon and a fork and (laughs) let's get to the buffet and let's get to it, right? So, um, yeah, so that's why I say my, my feelings are, are kind of mixed. And, mm-hmm. and also, um, I'm hoping that it's not just a signal for some short time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that there's an understanding that this is something that's going to take years and that there is a long-term commitment um, after the cameras stop talking about this, after, you know, the next thing comes up. I'm really hoping that these organizations will put term put in terms of some long-term plans uh, of, um, of dealing with this. And it's, it's beyond, I mean, hiring is obviously one area in terms of hiring practices, but also um, even just dealing with people in various different cultures. Like I've had many experiences of being dealt with differently, um, whether it be pay rate, whether it be disciplinary practices, than a white colleague would have been dealt with. So really honing in on, on those type of practices as well to ensure that um, companies are taking a look at their internal biases from their managers or whatever and and owning up to it and saying, okay, let's figure out how we're going to fix this as well. So talk to us from, um, there's a couple of hats that you wear that are, that are a lot of the people that, um, that watch the In Bed With series and I'd love to know what we can do, a couple of steps. So talk to us from an instructor hat um, so for your fellow instructors, trainers, coaches out there um, in North America and beyond, what are one or two steps that we can do to um, help move the conversation forward and keep it in, um, in the stratosphere of what we're thinking about in the months and years to come? Uh, and in terms of the, like in terms of uh, just 
uh, just to be clear, I want to answer the yeah. question correctly. So what you can do as an instructor, so some people who listen are decision makers and we covered that a little bit. What about the people that are like, yeah, but it's, what can I do? I'm mm -hmm. just an instructor. I'm just trying to keep my job right now. What can I do to try and support my organization, my industry in, um, in the social justice and making sure that there's more diversity in our industry? Well, I think as an instructor, we shouldn't be afraid to shy away from the conversations. Um, I know, like at the end of the day, I, you know, we have bills to pay. And obviously, if I were to run into a club with my fist in the air, wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and waving, uh, <laughs> you know, a flag, that probably would get me in trouble. <laughs> you know? So I'm not suggesting that's what we should supposed to be doing, but not to shy from the conversation. So um, yes, it's exhausting sometimes to have these conversations, but if somebody wants to engage, um, being able to be a little open and also uh, just being able to say, okay, maybe right now I might not be have, able to have a conversation about social justice in my experience right at the end of the step class, mm -hmm. but maybe we can, uh, <laughs> we can schedule a time and we can talk about it, you know, type of thing. So mm -hmm. that's one thing I think as instructors, we can just, just be open to be able to have a conversation. Also being able to be humble um, and not assuming. Sometimes um, we can get emotional too emotional um, when it comes to this topic without asking more questions and listening and, and doing research and, you know, understanding the, the, the history, you know, that also helps as well. Mm. Um, I think as instructors as well, um, being able to gently maybe bring it to the attention of the managers. Like if you're looking around and say, and you don't see any people that you don't see much diversity finding a, a gentle way, uh, maybe over a phone call or a face-to-face -face conversation and just saying, you know, I noticed that there, there is like 90% white people, <laughs> white instructors. Have you thought of maybe including some other people from other groups, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's probably one thing as instructors we can do. Um, I think we have the second part of the question. So the second part of the question was, uh, so, so first one as an instructor and then as an educator, because you're also, you're a, you're a business owner, uh, you're, you're presented conferences, you do lots of your own webinars and things like that. So as an educator, um, what are some of the things that you're like, this is something that I find has resonated well with people and has moved us forward a little bit that some other educators might be able to sink their teeth into also? I'll say as an educator slash leader, so I'll give an example. Um, I do fitness demos uh, for my company. I'll do like warm-up rallies at racing events and things of that nature. And when I am in a position where I can hire or I can include people, I deliberately make sure that my team is very diverse. So I have four people right now that usually come out with me to various different events. So I make sure I have a girl who's from, who's an Asian background. I have, um, white guy. I have somebody who's from Middle East. I have black women and from either from Caribbean and, and uh, from parts of Africa. So I make sure that I include very diverse people that even come with me on demos mm. so that people in the audience can see themselves reflected. Themselves reflected. Mm. And not just in skin tone, but in body shapes as well. So I also mm. make sure that I don't just look for the person with a six pack. I want everyone to feel that no matter what your shape is, mm you can do this, you can participate. All right. And, um, you know, also as educators and leaders, just making sure as well to include uh, people that might be a better voice. So if you're doing a presentation and uh, you might be speaking on a, a topic that somebody from another group 
might be more well-versed on, you know, including people, being able to co-instruct or co-teach mm. um, or co-lead in some capacity with more diversity, I think is also something that we can do as well. Mm. So I think the bottom line is that we can do something. Um, doing nothing upholds the status quo, but if doing something is better than nothing mm-hmm. is, is my suggestion. And it doesn't have to be a grandiose measure. It doesn't have to be starting a not-for-profit or marching in the mm-hmm. street. It can just be a small gesture that leads to bigger things. It's interesting. You know, we're, we're in a time right now where the fitness clubs um, who have reopened in, you know, most of, certainly most of Canada, if not most of North America, sometimes reclose, but reopen again, um, are struggling, a lot of them are struggling to get their people back and then looking in the season ahead, um, thinking about where sales will come from, but remembering that only, you know, depending on where you look at between eight to 25% of people exercise or exercise in a structured fitness facility, perhaps some of that has to do with the diversity that we don't have um, in the leadership and in that, and maybe that's a way to touching a population that has always looked for services and support um, and uh, opportunities to move better, um, yet didn't, like you said, didn't see themselves in the instructors and trainers and coaches that were either part of the marketing or part of the personnel. So maybe now's a really good opportunity to try and diversify that even more. Would you say that that's a good time to do that? Yes, for sure. And these, I'll even give another example of, yeah. of where, why diversity matters even when I can fitness and, and why you need to have people of very different backgrounds. Um, for example, I had a client, I've had many clients actually from the Muslim faith. And when we're talking about nutrition mm. and it's Ramadan, then we have to have a conversation about that. So if, if you're not sensitive to uh, being able to understand different belief systems and different nutritional systems and how they believe, mm-hmm. then it poses a problem. That's one of the reasons why I think it, diversity matters because we have clients coming from various different backgrounds. And if they can see there's other people, even though I'm not from the Muslim faith, but I, I've studied about it and I, I, I have many friends who are from that faith, then when I'm training a client of the Muslim faith, I can speak to him or her on that. Mm. When we're approaching Ramadan, I can make suggestions of what we can do and how we can adjust things to ensure that, um, you know, we're not interfering with their belief system, but at the same time, keeping them healthy and strong. So that's one of the, one of the things why diversity matters is that when you have people who are truly have lived a certain experience or very close to living the experience, then um, we can make them feel more welcome, more included, mm. and still help them to get to the, you know, the fitness goals, regardless of what their belief systems or their practices and cultures are. Yeah. Versus a, well, if you're not eating, we're not training. Let me know when Ramadan's over, uh, which yeah. sure probably happens a lot. Um, I'm sure happens a lot, you know, in, in a lot of those types of situations um, with the same similar situations in different faiths as they relate to their nutrition and how they're preparing themselves and fueling their workouts or not and the fear behind that. Um, and so that's a really great example to use. Thank you for sharing that with us. Let me ask you this. So 2020 is going to be an interesting year, not necessarily what we would have planned. Tell me a bit as, um, as an instructor, as a coach who's learning and growing through this, is going to virtual, who works with a lot of different organizations, have your own charities and your work that you're doing, your teams that you work with. What keeps you grounded? What keeps you positive and optimistic about what lies ahead for us? Well, um, what's for me that keeps me very grounded is one, I do take the time to meditate. Um, I need that time to be still. Yeah. And, and, and also 
I love to read, so I like to fill myself with as much knowledge as possible. And, um, you know, that really helps me to keep me centered because the more I can learn, the more I can see things outside of my own eyes and my own um, vision box, uh, that really helps me to appreciate so much more things as well. And sure, it can be, it can feel down sometimes, especially when you turn the news on and you're like, oh no, more cases. And mm. are we ever going to get to some kind of normalcy or what are we going to do for the future? But for, for me, those two things, um, well, three things, of course, and of course, staying physically active mm. um, really helps me to kind of stay grounded, stay positive, stay focused. And at the same time, be realistic. Like there's not every day I feel like jumping up and going for a run. There's mm. times when I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to stay in my pajamas all day. <laughs> you know? Wait, wait, you didn't want pajamas. <laughs> I, oh, that's right. <laughs> Girl, it's a fun day for you. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. listening to what you need, but at the same time, trying to find a bit of a structure based on mm. what grounds you. So meditation, so. Um, reading, and your own personal exercise. Would that be the three that you would, that are important to you? Mm -hmm, for sure, for sure. And also just, um, I'll throw in another thing is that taking the time to connect, I know we can't face to face connect all the time, mm. uh, or at least be limited. But I do take the time to, you know, get onto a, a visual connection piece, however you do, whether it's zoom or whatever, with just friends mm. to just connect. Like um, a couple weeks ago, I got together with some ladies and we had a virtual wine tasting, mm. which <laughs> so we were all swirling our wines <laughs> through the screen. So oh, that's fun. Just, so that's fun. Like stuff like that, just staying connected in some way so that you can just lift each other's spirits up and encourage mm. one another, you know? Well, you lift my spirits up. And so thank you for staying connected with me. And thank you for uh, your time and your generosity of spirit as always and being so open to having these conversations and, and happy to reach out. And so I really appreciate um, that you're there for that. And we will have all the, the handles and everything so that people can find Dion on social, whether it be to connect, whether it be to look at some of the things that you're talking about, some of the suggestions and invitations you put out there, or even get nice and hot and sweaty with you from time to time. So I appreciate it so much um, and be well. And hopefully the next time that uh, I can be in your neck of the woods, we're able to um, connect again in person and in the meantime, doing it this way. Thank you, Natalie, for having me and being in bed with you. <laughs> First time Move for everything. Over. Move over, hubby. I'm coming. <laughs> it was nice to see you, sweetheart. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Take care. Love you lots.